Hey everyone, and welcome to Real Life Real Crime Daily for Monday, April 17th, and I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. No Mike Agavino. Mikey, where's Mikey? Where's Waldo? Where's Mikey? <laughs> Mikey, Mikey, we miss you, bro. Uh, uh, y'all, he'll be back with us. Next episode. Yeah, you know, the next episode. For Should Wednesday. be Wednesday, yeah. So, uh, so we miss you, Mike, wherever... Well, we know where you're at. It's yeah. the weekend, and we're recording this on a right, Sunday. Right. So. Sunday. <laughs> we left him at home. Uh, some big stuff. Yeah, big yeah. stuff. It took time, place right? over the weekend. Yeah, it's uh, super, super interesting to say the least. Yeah, Dateline NBC, and so we're going to start off the show today, and we're going to talk a little bit uh, to Woody about his thoughts on it, what the experience was like uh, with. Uh, Dateline NBC and recording the Courtney Cook Coco episode. So yeah, yeah. All the name of the episode is "Who Killed Courtney Coco," and and the name of the episode on Real Life Real Crime is "Who Murdered Courtney Coco." Yeah, and if you have not, which I find it hard to believe anybody hasn't watched yeah. it yet, but if you haven't had time to watch it, uh, you're you know it's it's two hours of. Uh, heavy focus on the yeah, case. It's heavy, heavy. You can find it now on. Uh, Peacock, uh, um, and wherever you can watch Dateline. That's right. That's right. And they're going to have a podcast edition yes. of that episode come out on Wednesday. Yes. And, and their show, Dateline's podcast, which all they do is take whatever they release on Fridays and take out the commercials and they put it on a podcast form. And they always are number one or number two. And the less we're ahead of them. That's, <laughs> that's right. right. They're not always. Right, right now, we're <laughs> like one spot behind them. Uh, <laughs> so they, yeah, that, that'll be coming out. If you didn't get to see the um the video version then you'll get to listen to it that's right so let's talk a little bit about your experience with it woody uh i guess you know for podcast folks we we're used to audio and doing everything over a microphone and video is a little different yeah it's, it's a lot different the and then this started y'all way back uh months and months ago with a phone call from the datelines producer and then i met him um, in Baton Rouge, we had a meeting at the, the Hilton downtown. Shout out to our people down there. They gave us a conference room, et cetera. I met with two producers. We went over, and they they didn't, Jim, they didn't think they were going to be able to do the show because it was so much information. Oh, like, wow. you know, on Real Life Real Crime, I've done at least 25 episodes in total from the investigation of the case, then updates on all the trips I was making to Alexandria for court because I was there for every one of them, like I told Courtney's mom I would be, yep. and sat with her for all of it, and then the trial series, which there's no way you know that you can put in two hours what I could barely cover in 25 hours. Yeah, yeah, 25 episodes. Or, or almost 30 hours probably in, in total. Yeah, 25 episodes, yeah. Right. So that was the challenge going in, I would imagine, for these folks, was how can we compress this down to two right. hours and, and at least tell the story from start to finish uh, to where people can sort of grasp what was going on. Yeah. How did you think they did on that? I think that if I didn't know what I knew, that I would be a bit perplexed and I would have questions. Um but or back to it real quick. The after that initial meeting, the um, they got to go to film it, and then so I went to Alexandria, and 
um, I filmed with Andrea Canning. She's she's awesome. Total pro. Uh, those also the film crew and everybody for Dateline was awesome, and the producers and everything. And then they came back. Uh, a month or so later and shot a bunch of B-roll footage, which is what you'll see in the episode of my place up in the country and me working on the case and behind the microphone and all that. So the, the production-wise, they were very careful. They, we were in constant contact with them. And they were asking more questions. Um, it, you know, I, I didn't know what angle they were going to take. I knew that they told me I was going to be focused in the second hour. The first part was going to be about the investigation of Courtney's life in the murder and the investigation. And there were a segue into me and in the, in the trial. Um, I, it's just, you can't do it justice. I mean, I'm glad Courtney's story got told. I'm glad that, that, um, the world knows David Anthony Burns is our killer. And then we got it correct on real life, real crime using the lifers. Um, I, I, I you know, I, I hate it that, it wasn't a series or something, you know, where yeah. they could tell everything, but you, you, you there's so much more, uh, um, to the story than what was told on Dateline. But yeah. ultimately that what was told on Dateline is the base, you know, her, her life and family who, who they were absolutely great people. And then the murder, the initial investigation, Cedric Green, I'm going to tell you right now, he's a lying piece of shit. And and I'll say it, and I'll say it to his face, and I've said it to his face, and I say it on the podcast. And him to get on there and act like he did all this stuff when we know, in fact, that it, from Detective Rabelais in Texas, shout out to him, he did a great job. Yeah, he did. Uh, um, he, he says on the podcast, Cedric Green straight up hindered me from the get-go, wouldn't produce witnesses and everything else. I, I even had to go to the chief of police and meet with him and say, hey, I don't know how you work a murder here, but that's not how we work murders, right? Yeah. And, and Cedric was in the room, wow. and, and the chief chewed out Cedric and all that, and he, he ends up getting demoted and what have you. But, um, you know, I, I the like the focus being on Lace, and, and I see all the comments on Dateline and all that, and people hammering on Lace. Let me tell you some people. Lace, everybody was a suspect except for me when I started this case right. and certainly lace was a suspect when, uh, for me, when I developed, uh, David Anthony Burns, but I polygraphed her. Okay. And then I tell you in the TV show, she ripped off the stuff and then she went back in the next day and passed it. Right. Well, she ripped off the stuff cause they had her in there for nine hours. Wouldn't let her have her medication. They, you're, you telling her you murdered your sister, you murdered your sister, digging in her ass. And then they want to take a polygraph and she's, start to take it and then she's you know that you know, did you murder courtney and then she got pissed and she's like screw this so they wouldn't even give her a cup of water right yeah, and she, she, she walked out but her uncle greg who, who was a u.s marshal now retired told her said look go back in take the damn thing if you can pass it go back in and take it so she went back in the next morning and passed it and, and so they they threw a lot of uh, shade if you will on lace but you go listen to the podcast and you'll hear exactly how it played out. And it's very important. Actually, Lace was very important in the conviction of David Anthony Burns. And no, she didn't know anything about it ahead of time. Glad you uh, you shed a little light on that. And, and look, there were a lot of comments uh, from people, I guess, all over the country that watched it that were saying, well, she failed the polygraph the first time. She, she never, never failed, failed a polygraph. That's, that's she never took the first one. She ripped all the stuff off the second they got to the – 
to the questions that would be offensive to anybody, especially if they didn't right. do it. And after, and after nine hours of sweating you and beating you, brow, brow beating you and everything else, technically I wouldn't, I wouldn't run that. Uh, I wouldn't run that polygraph that day. Let, let her come back the next day. You don't hammer somebody for nine hours and then put them on the box and expect them to not have uh, a negative reaction. Uh, even though the, you have to have at least two charts on the Louisiana law for t- t- to score probably uh, the standards three. But by law, you have to have at least two. They never even got through one. So yeah. they can't say she it was inconclusive or she failed or anything else. She just got pissed and left. Yeah, yeah. And it was it – was, Really neat in the episode to put a face to a name yeah. on some of the characters you brought up, Detective Rabelais. Yeah, yeah, great. He guy. seemed like a cool dude. Great man. guy. The, you know, over thirty something years in law enforcement, and they did mention this. The uh, her were court. You know what they didn't mention? They didn't mention uh, uh, in detail that Courtney was nude from. Um, you know, basically, she had a bra right. on, but she was she was posed. Down, but she was posed, legs in the air, spread, and it's hard to hear. But uh, her vagina faced towards the road, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't put that on there. So mm-hmm. y'all, you get what you get on TV. I mean, uh, but that's a fact of the case, and yeah. they, and that comes out in the trial. And they they have expert testimony about why she was left like that and all this stuff, and none of that's included. You yeah, know? and and it's. I don't know, man. It's TV. Now, the detective that worked the case that you turned the evidence over to uh, uh, Tanner Dryden. Yeah, t- yeah, Detective Dryden. So shout out, are- sh- shout out to him. Let me tell you something. When I turned it over to them, I was still in contact with Tanner. He's no longer with APD, so I can say this: the when they interviewed Suspect One, uh, David Anthony Burns, and Suspect Two, Seamus Settler, uh, I was in contact with him, and, yeah. and up until the point. Where he said he's like, I got to take it to the DA, and I was afraid because of Rappy's Parish that they were going to tank it. And I told him, you don't, you don't need to take it to the DA. You've got probable cause. Make the rest, and and they're going to flip, right? Yeah. And, but he did it, and that's when I came out with the episode and why I named suspect one, suspect two, because I thought they were going to tank it. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so T- Tanner and I quit talking. He, he had the red ass at me because everything I've released on, on that episode, there's no way I could know it unless I was still in contact with them, which I right. technically guess I wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. But shout out to him for, first of all, stepping up and having the balls to take the case because he's going against Cedric Green and everybody else. Cedric Green got on the stand at trial and said, um, I, I still don't know who did it. I'm like motherfucker, it's your police department, and and he's still trying to throw shade, right? Yeah. And, but guess what? Cedric Green, twelve people who heard all the facts in the case. And I wish I wish the episode would have just focused on the trial, yeah. so you, you could hear all these different witnesses and everything else. Yeah, you know, they never even mentioned about the 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 eyewitnesses that David Anthony Burns told face to face. Hey, I did this, and yeah. he, he even showed how uh, he smothered her and stuff. So it's just so much more to it. Um, I, I think Dateline, you know, thanks for them for telling the story. Uh, I, th- I mean, you know, I, I guess they have to err on the side of caution, but the real truth is a matter of public record, and I've podcasted about it, yeah. and it, I hate it for the family um, just because it's so much emotion in, involved with them. And, you know, I talked to – 
Stephanie that day before there, and I talked to Ma, uh, uh, Miss Anna Labor, the grandmother, and everything. And you know, certainly they're happy that that Courtney's story got told. And but it, yeah, I they've lived it. Uh, like I worked at it and, and, and know the case and they know all the facts and they know that Dayline didn't scratch the surface of what, what the real truth is. Now they, it just, it just doesn't to me in my mind, I guess that's why I'm not in TV, right? That the, uh, they didn't hit the important parts about all the, you know, the eyewitnesses and the, uh, not the, the guy with the license plate. I'm talking about who David Anthony Burns said, I killed her. Yeah, and and so they, you know, with those time constraints, obviously they they can only put so much on there. But in a story like this with so many moving pieces, that's the advantage to being able to go back and listen. So for you you folks out there that are uh, new to the podcast, right. there's a lot of them. Right. Uh, go back and listen to that whole series, and you're you're going to hear. Trust me. 20 hours of stuff that yeah. they didn't cover yeah. in the actual Dateline episode. So it, if that interested it's, you. It's spread out, y'all, through the years. Uh, when I worked the case in 2019, there's, you know, I don't know, eight or nine episodes, something like that. And then, yeah. uh, you know, like I said, the court updates, cause all the preliminary motions and the motions suppress and et cetera, et cetera. But the, the real meat, uh, besides how lifers helped me, solve the case and, and turn it back over to law enforcement so they could do what they could do, uh, had to do because I was no longer a cop, but then how it got stalled yeah. and by the DA's office to Hugh Holland came in and that's a shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, Another person who prosecutor. was on that show. And, and he, he is, I'm going to tell you something shit happens to me. I want Hugh Holland prosecuting my case. <laughs> uh, best I ever saw. And I've seen a lot and, and the, sorry, I'll, just just listen to it. The it's so much I'll be very surprised if someone doesn't want to do a series on it television wise when they know all the facts. And yeah, there's because so much more interesting than what they put on Dateline. Yeah, there's a ton of them. Yeah. And uh and so why I know all of y'all enjoy watching it, of course, us as uh myself, Mike uh, Cindy, which incidentally they have an app, uh, real life, real crime has an app, which has all 25 episodes in a playlist. Right. So when you go into the app, make sure you download it. It's available on the app store, Google we, play. You're part of real life, real crime. Yes. So, yes. And, and it's real life, real crime community app. So go to the app store, search real life, real crime, but it's called real life, real crime community app. There you, you download go. it for free. Yeah, and and they've got a playlist in there. You can you can man talk about Netflix and binge. You can right. real life real crime and oh, and people are doing it right now. They, I'm getting messages. You know, since it aired Friday night, I bet you I've had no less than thirty different families reach out to me about solving their loved ones cold cases. And, yeah, but I I was getting like maybe one a day anyway. Yeah, uh, um, and now it's blowing up. And I told them, I, and if you have a cold case, y'all. Your family member, whatever, email me whatever pertinent information you have to Woody at realliferealcrime.com. I promise you I'll read the case. I can't promise you I'm going to work it, but I promise you I'll read it. Okay. There you go. So make sure you do that. Uh, you know, and I wasn't sure when me and Woody sat down today if I was going to have to nickname him Hollywood Overton. Uh, <laughs> but he is, he loves audio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. And, and, you know, the 
people don't know this, Jim, you know this, but I've turned down nine different television shows right. over the years. Uh, they call them shopping agreements. These companies want in, uh, you know, they, they want to shoot film of you and shop you to Netflix and Hulu and whatever, Discovery ID for your own show and all that, and turn it down because I went out on one, and I'm not going to even say the name of it because um, I went out on it and I did it. I am listed as a, a investigative producer and it was for, for discovery id and i don't tell anybody about it because i got out like I, I just got a shitty taste in my mouth that um doing that show yeah and and even though i wasn't on camera i was the one asking the questions etc um i didn't i didn't like the time that it takes like we sat in front of this guy's high school for three hours taking pictures and they didn't even use any of it yeah know? and then they wanted me to 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 embellish on the story. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. The, sto- the you know, story's good enough. Right. And, and so, but I'm, I, Dateline, I want to do it uh, for Courtney's family. And for, so Courtney can live on forever. And um, that was done. And if we do anything else on Courtney Coco, uh, and I can't promise you that we will, it, it would be just me talking to the family like you're talking to me now yeah. and to wrap it all up. There you go. So hopefully y'all enjoyed that. Those that watched it, if you hadn't had a chance, check it out on Peacock. And on Wednesday, podcast version will be coming at you. So if you're not a TV person, no worries. Right. And and if you want to skip past the first part of the story and just see me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go to the one hour, yeah, 15 yeah, minute point yeah, somewhere. Yeah, around. That's what y'all, <laughs> anyway, watch the whole thing. It's important. And, and uh, hey, we got justice for Courtney. And that's, what's, that's what matters, her story. Absolutely. The world has become a smaller place and people are traveling more freely between countries than ever before. And companies are doing more business outside of their home countries than ever before. The geniuses at Rosetta Stone saw this trend beginning to develop years ago and have dedicated decades toward researching and refining the best and most efficient way to teach someone a new language. Rosetta Stone has been one of our most loyal sponsors here at Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show, and that's because many of you out there have trusted Rosetta Stone to prepare you for everything from a family reunion to a once-in-a-lifetime trip to a business trip in a faraway country. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program in the galaxy. Rosetta Stone's been there for us with a great product at a great price. Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert in language learning for 30 years with millions of users. Rosetta Stone's intuitive process helps you pick up a new language naturally so you retain what you learn, and their true accent speech recognition feature is like having a personal trainer. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Au revoir. All right, guys. We've never had an intervention on the show, but we're going to have one right now. And this applies to both of you guys, but perhaps a bit more to Mr. Overton. Mm, must be alcohol. Well, you know, neither of you guys are 25 anymore, and sometimes you need to take a break away from the alcohol. Oh, Lord. So I want to talk to you about a healthy alternative to alcohol that can be just the right fix after a stressful day. You know, Woody, like 
a day after 10 crazies from Wisconsin come into town to kill a thousand wild boars and you idiots end up killing a thousand shiner box at the same time. That's going to happen. <laughs> well, I know it is. And so I want to tell you about a product called Recess Mood. Mm. Think about it. Even the name sounds relaxing. Recess Mood is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol or the hangover. Now, while Jim is looking up the meaning of adaptogens, I'll continue on. Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners get 15% off the Recess Mood Sampler Pack at TakeARecess.com slash R-L-R-C. That's TakeARecess.com slash R-L-R-C. You can enjoy Recess Mood after a busy day or whatever you need to relax and unwind. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. Mm. Those sound yummy. Yeah. It's only got 20 calories, doesn't have any sugar in it. So I don't know if you've ever had guilt, Woody, but if you do, Recess Mood could help you get rid of it. Guilt, but I've had the pain of not having a recess. Okay, well, (laughs) you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash R-L-R-C and get 15% off a Recess Mood sampler pack. It's your go-to alcohol replacement. All right, y'all. Let's get into some real-life, real crime daily. And the first story I'm going to tell y'all about today is just freaking wild. Um, There's a family that wants answer after a man was eaten alive by bed bugs in the county jail. So a family attorney in Georgia says a man died in the county jail after being eaten alive by insects and bed bugs. Have you ever had bed bugs? Uh, no. Listen to this. The I was in Las Vegas in the hotel. Um, I can remember this one where Elvis lived in. Yeah. In the middle of the night. This is a nice place. In the middle of the night, I felt something bite me and, uh, uh, in the bed. And I was like, what the hell? And, uh, and I like pulled it off and I didn't think anything about it. And I fell back asleep. Might have had a few beers, right? Yeah. And then I felt something bite me again, and I like, and it bit me hard. And I got up and turned on the light, and it, it was a goddamn bed bug. Oh I, I didn't know. God. I'd always heard about it. My daddy would always say, sleep tight, don't let the bed bugs bite. If they yeah. do, pick a few, and we'll have bed bugs see. Well, I was <laughs> fucking livid. I mean, and went down and, and you know, called the manager and shit, and I'm like, Fuck you. They were giving give me another room. I said, fuck you. I want my motherfucking money back and get me another hotel. Yeah. Uh, bed bugs are a real deal, evidently. I they are. So. And just one thing I have to say on that, I, I actually, uh, my uh, guy that sprays for insects, my bug guy, yeah. uh, was telling me that anytime you stay at a hotel, he's like, man, make sure you put all your clothes in Ziploc bags. Really? Yeah, he said that a lot of people have problems with the bed bugs getting in the clothes and then them taking them back home. And really, once you get bed bugs, it's it's hard to get rid of. Right. From what what he was it, telling me, that's yeah. crazy. Because I mean, I, I've stayed in. You know, I used to travel the country doing defense work, and uh, like one year I had 160 something nights in Hilton properties, right? That and I never had a bed bug, but yeah. I, I bet you I, th- I stayed in thousands of hotels, and that's the only one. I mean, uh, but anyway, back to the story. I'll check this out. So this guy Thompson, Lashawn Thompson, was at the Fulton County Jail, y'all. That's um, in Atlanta. But for three months before he was found dead in his jail cell, Thompson was arrested on a misdemeanor battery charge in Atlanta in June of 2022. 
he was taken to the Fulton County Jail and placed in the psychiatric wing after they determined he had mental issues, right? Thompson's family said they got the records and that that stated that detention officers and medical staff noticed his health deteriorating but did nothing to, to help him. Uh, they literally watched his health decline until he died, the family said. A detention officer reportedly refused to administer CPR because she freaked out <laughs> when finding Thompson's body found bitten by bugs and insects. Bug I infest- bet she did. No, it's crazy. Bug infestation can lead to neurological orders, uh, I guess disorders in humans. Very, various medical journals ha- have published reports of the dangerous effects related to bed bugs. The mental effects of bed bugs infestation can lead to post uh, PTSD, y'all. Wow. And the Environmental Protection Agency has stated that bed bugs can cause a variety of negative physical health, mental health, economic consequences, including skin infections, anxiety, insomnia, and, and systemic reactions, which is all of, I guess if you get in the eat to fuck up by bed bugs, yeah. all, all that fits. Uh, um, but an officer found Thompson unresponsive in his jail cell located in the psychiatric wing of that jail. The officer reportedly said it was unknown the last time Thompson was seen alive. That's I, insane. You know, I, I have to have a question it a little bit. I, mean, the, uh, I get, uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know how you can be eaten alive. Well, and a lot of people have seen them pictures from uh, from the jail cell, and I mean, it looked absolutely disgusting. We're going to post that. We'll post it on the uh, Real Life Real Crime Daily Facebook page. I remember going in that. Remember, I don't remember what episode it was on Real Life Real Crime when I went in that trailer on the nine one one in the the worst trailer park in Livingston Parish, and I was uh, the husband and wife had been tied up. And literally, I felt stuff on my legs and stuff, and then and I reached down, and it was, it was bugs. And I look on the walls, and the walls looked like they were moving like roaches and shit. Oh my god! So I'm not trying to gross anybody out, but I guess I guess you could. Like I told her, she she said she said some uh, her husband. I said, "Bitch, you, you, your husband needs you need to tell your husband to buy you some raid." <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no but, doubt about it. Anyway. The walls are moving. But anyway, crazy right. story. Crazy, crazy story. Right, we're gonna keep you updated on that because I, I, I I'm interested in that. And speaking of updates, we have a little update on our last episode of Real Life Real Crime Daily with our our favorite actor of Dances with Wolves, and that is Smiles a Lot. He uh, yes, his smile. trial, of course, was to take place. Well, they have put it on hold now. For those of you that aren't caught up on it, Nathan Chasing Horse, Jason Tell. who is yeah. <laughs> who is forty six. Obviously played Smiles a lot in the 1990 Dances with Wolves film, and he was charged with sexual assault of a minor, kidnapping, lewdness, and child abuse, along with allegations that he runs a cult and takes underage wives. Now, his trial was supposed to start in May, but on Wednesday, Chasing Horses public defender asked for a hold on the proceedings after uh, the they asked the state Supreme Court to toss the indictment. Now, if the request for dismissal is denied, a new trial date will be set. So he won't get away with it. They just set a new trial. Uh, But the judge did uphold the indictment last Friday, saying the prosecutors presented enough evidence for a reasonable grand juror to conclude that the sexual assaults occurred. 
Yeah. Uh, now, his lawyers arguing that two of the victims whose allegations prompted the indictment engaged in consensual sex with him, although one of the victims was 14, which yeah. was under the 16-year-old age right. of consent right. in Nevada. Crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean... Yeah, what, what parent wants their fourteen year old having sex with some, some old dude? Smiles I mean, 14 a lot. Fourteen on fourteen, yeah. I maybe get that. Yeah, so he's been accused of passing himself off as a medicine man to various tribes across the country to get access to vulnerable women right. and girls to abuse. Yeah, he said twenty years. He said he's his been spirits doing this. told him that their spirits. To, uh, their forefather, however the fuck they call him, <laughs> he told him told him. Uh, yeah, you know, have sex with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't say anything else about the the five wives. Oh, somebody, uh, one of the lifers sent a, a comment last week. Said, I didn't know this. They said because I talked about the laws being different on the res on the reservation, right. and they uh, she was actually I think an officer on one of the res. She says federal law. If a federal law is broken. Federal law kicks supersedes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and so Interesting. I, the the misdemeanor stuff. I mean, I can't imagine that raping kids and shit is is a misdemeanor. So, yeah. but going across state lines and all that, and wow, crazy. Chasing him, and he's even crazier for having five wives. <laughs> so anyway, all right, y'all, check this out. Now, this one, I bet the, the you know I get it a little. Imprints is what I call them when I read cases and stuff. And that I'm, I'm telling you, this is going to be a story that we're going to be continuing on and on. Um, Texas police address fears of a serial killer after second missing man is found dead in Austin Lake. Now, y'all, I'm going to tell you about my history at Austin. I lived there for almost six months when I went to polygraph school. And, um, which was I went to polygraph school at Texas State Police Headquarters. I lived in Austin. I went back every year for like two weeks um, to do polygraph stuff. It, this is like a second home for me. I love Austin. Um, you know, so this 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 story is kind of crazy. So check it out. A second man's body was pulled from Lady Bird Lake in Austin, Texas in two months, fueling fears of serial killers hunting city's downtown social hub. Uh, Austin police say the recent drownings are coincidental and there's no evidence of foul play. The community community speculation was discussed openly during Thursday city council meeting. Several men have gone missing in recent years after a night out on rainy street, the heart of Austin's night nightlife that's lined with bars, high end hotels and live music venues. Actually, y'all that's, you know, that sixth street is the main one, but uh, rainy street is right there by it. But, they were later found in the lake about a mile away. Now, this is other men, that not just the two they're talking about. So they're talking about over the years when these guys go missing, they're found in this lake. Okay? Yeah. Um, and they said, there are too many people that have gone missing, resident Christopher Pugh said during Thursday's meeting. There are too many people that have been injured. There are too many people that can walk off, and we still have absolutely no answers as to what's happened to any of these folks. Um Pew's 21-year-old son mysteriously went missing in November of 2019 after a night out on Rainy Street and was found days later with serious injuries by the lake. Two more people have died since the last time I came down here and talked to you, and I'm going to bet we have no video camera on anything that happened with these incidents. 
Pew told the city council. Other speakers, y'all told similar stories about their family members and friends who went missing after a night out on a rainy street and died by drowning. Now, Jim, I always tell you, there's no such thing as coincidence in, in homicide yep. cases. Um, like Jonathan Honey, 33, who's a Washington, D.C. man, was reported missing on March 31st, was found dead in a lake on April 1st. Jason John, 30, who was last seen on Rainy Street before going missing for eight days before his body was pulled from the lake. Mm. And that the police say all of these cases are still under investigation. The evidence is being analyzed at this time. There's no evidence in any of these cases to support allegations of foul play. Um, and while each incident has occurred at the lake, the circumstances, exact locations, and demographics surrounding these cases vary. I'm I'm, t- I'm I'm gonna go ahead and call it right now. It's gonna be a serial killer. Okay, so the like when Derek Todd Lee and Sean Vincent Gillis were doing in uh, the Baton Rouge and uh, in everything was going crazy, they didn't get the profile right, right? And because uh, Todd was mis- you know changing some forms of attack, and the Sean Vincent Gillis was in the mix or whatever. Yep. You don't have this many bodies dumped. And like like Sean Vincent Gill started dumping where Derek Todd Lee was dumping in Whiskey Bay, right? And it's not I'm not saying there's two serial killers, y'all, but I'm I'm saying that just because they're not they weren't killed the same way, maybe this the serial killer is graduating in in his experience and becoming more uh, efficient. Um the fact that they're all went missing from Rainy Street and are turning up in the same lake. Mm. that's not coincidence. Yeah. Okay. And I just don't believe it is, but they said one common theme of the drownings in Austin this year is the combination of alcohol and easy access to lady bird Lake, which has numerous access points. Many of these access points can be challenging to see at night. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. We'll go out on a limb and say that the, some people don't want to get a room. They pick up somebody in the bar and then they, they go to, Lady Bird Lake, and and because you know it's not that far and it's secluded, and they do what adults do, right? Yep. Whether it's man on man or female on female or uh, heterosexual, whatever the fuck, it doesn't matter. That the add in intoxication, and you have a absolute recipe for these murders, and but. I can guarantee they're going back now and looking at them, uh, each case individually. One person says there's something that's happened, and I think it's why it's important to add these safety measures. Uh, they're talking about add more cops, uh, uh, allocating funds for increasing patrols and installing security cam- cameras, y'all. And when they do that, the serial killer is just going to move somewhere else. I think they say, I think making sure that we are doing our due diligence and looking at every avenue, whether these are accidental drownings, whether it's people being drugged, whether it's something we aren't even thinking about, making sure we're doing everything we can to stop this from happening again. You can't. It, a serial killer is going to kill. They may change up, like Sean Vince Gillis, they may change up their locations. They, you know, you focus on that, whatever. The, um, and, you know, a lot keeps an honest man honest. in yeah, I believe that you're going to find out, and we're going to hear that Austin has a serial killer. So I'm not being a fear monger. I'm just telling you what my professional opinion is. Stay tuned for that. Right. We'll update you as we get updated. And, and if you're in Austin, 
on Rainy Street. Watch your ass. <laughs> yeah. Don't go parking at the lake. Definitely don't do that. All right. So we had some big news come out on the weekend with El Chapo. El Chapo. El Chapo. And uh, actually, this is going to make hopefully some sort of dent in the major fentanyl problem. Oh, my God. They're having. I don't know how you curb that, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really getting gotten crazy. They say over 200 uh, Americans a day are dying yeah, from yeah. fentanyl overdoses. And this started uh, this started after I was on the street, obviously. But the um, like I talked about in the past episode, one of our friends, Billy Amy, Baton Rouge City cop, very proactive in narcotics and everything. He he was searching a car and got a little bit of white powder on it. He didn't know what it was. And he, he OD'd and they, they like he died. They had to take him to the hospital and resuscitate yeah. him, everything else. And they found out now all, all the officers are carrying Narcan. So they can hit people as soon as they uh, realize they're overdosed to bring them back. All your first responders are carrying it and all that is crazy. Absolutely. So federal officials announced a flurry of charges on Friday against four sons of the notorious El drug lord Chapo. known as El Chapo, saying the men were leading their imprisoned father's empire and responsible for moving vast quantities of fentanyl throughout the United States. In addition to the four sons, collectively known as Los Chapitos, yep. federal indictments in Manhattan, Chicago, and Washington had charged more than two dozen people in what they described as a fentanyl manufacturing and distribution operation run that has global uh, proportions and being run by the Sinaloa drug cartel. Right, right. Now, El Chapo, whose real name is Joaquin Guzman, yep. Led the organization for years and, of course, was convicted in Brooklyn in 2019 and is serving a life in prison in actually uh, the escape proof. Right. I was about to say because he's like Houdini. He escaped oh, yeah. from everywhere else. Yeah. And he is what they call in what they call a supermax prison. Yeah. And uh, and his life sucks now and yeah, should. But, I mean, he escaped numerous times. He was the number one. Uh, most wanted criminal in the world and they would arrest him and like he's digging tunnels and shit hours people are digging him out but. no doubt no doubt now the defendants named in the five separate indictments include suppliers in china who sold the so-called mm-hmm. chemicals used in ma- manufacturing fentanyl a broker based in guatemala who bought the chemicals yeah. on behalf of the chapitos operators of fentanyl labs in mexico and a weapons supplier who provided the cartel with weapons smuggled into mexico from the United States. Right, right. That That's, you know, the dope gun comes this way. Guns go back that way. That's right. And and the charges also gave a flavor of the violence and terror that has ravaged Mexico for years and supported the Sinaloa cartel's fentanyl business. Right. The indictment said the assassin working for Mr. Guzman's son murdered law enforcement officials, tortured rivals mm. with electrocution. Right. Stuffed chilies into the wombs of some of their victims, and even fed others both dead and alive to their pet tigers. Yeah, holy smokes, man! They they behead them and hang them from bridges and shit. They killing police chiefs in broad daylight. Broad daylight. Yeah. And Milgram, who is the head of the DEA, said in a news conference that the sons had inherited their father's global drug trafficking empire and transformed it by pioneering a novel product, meaning fentanyl. Yeah. Uh, lawyers for the four sons declined to comment. 
uh, and the new indictments came at a moment of high tension between U.S. and American officials over the deteriorating law enforcement relationship. In particular, they blaming each other for fentanyl right. and and the rise of that drug. Now, um, wait, wait, let, let me interject real quick. Sure. Y'all, so on fentanyl, the fentanyl is the way for the cartels and the drug dealers to make more money, all right? And what they do is, you know, you don't take fentanyl by itself, all right? It, it's mixed in, whether it's ecstasy, cocaine, methamphetamine, pain pills, whatever. They they take, say you have two pounds of methamphetamine, okay? Then you can come in because fentanyl is so highly potent and dangerous. You can take that two pounds and, and add uh a quarter of a pound of fentanyl and, and dilute that two pounds into 10 pounds. Yeah. I mean, it's stupid how much it is. And, and if it's done uh, where it's not an overdose level, which these assholes obviously aren't chemists, then, then you should get, you're, you're getting high anyway. You're getting fucked up. So you don't even know. And, yeah. and, and but the problem is that they don't know they, they're not chemists and they can't tell it. They're cutting it with too much. That's what's causing these overdose. So it's not just fentanyl by itself. Yeah, I mean, what happens in the good old days when you want to get high and and, <laughs> and you could just buy some some drugs, right? Yeah. And, and now you can't even buy drugs. You can't even go to the local strip club and buy and and not that I've ever done that <laughs> and buy drugs anymore, right? Because you're you're afraid it's going to be cut with fentanyl. And guess what? It is. It's law yeah. of supply and demand. They're making so they're making billions of dollars off of this one drug, which is uh, you can't smell it. You can't taste it. There's no way, unless you're a chemist and you have a specific test to test for it, there's no way you're ever going to know that you ingest it. Right. You know, you, you're thinking you're taking your drug of choice, and it's been stepped on is what they call it on the street, but when they cut it with fentanyl, and you better pray that you you got a chemist that cut it and not El Chapo's boys. Period. And, you know, it's the indictments are great. And look, that's a step in the right direction, but they haven't been arrested. <laughs> and the problem is now you got to yeah, yeah, yeah. catch them. And you got to catch them and then you got to house them because you, they have so much money at their disposal. They're going to have escape plans and everything else. And, and, and the other thing is the real problem is when I, I used to go to Mexico, man, back in and uh, late 80s, early 90s, and have a good time yeah. with my boys, right? Now you can't do it. They're killing everybody in the daytime. Going, I'm talking about border towns. But that's because when the DEA targeted certain heads of these cartels and they take them out, then there's a power struggle. The other cartels come in, they want that area, and that's why all the killings and everything going back and forth. But it all is fueled by the drug trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Keep you updated. I mean, go smoke some weed or some people, um, <laughs> and hope it's not lacefin, though. Right. So that's that's that. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right. Now, it's time. I know we got a sound for this. Four. We don't yet, but we get a punch at your somebody, I think somebody sent one for that. But anyway, it's time for Kinky Crime, y'all. And yes. you know what, Jim? My I favorite segment of the day. <laughs> Listen to this shit. A man aboard a Southwest Airlines commercial flight was caught masturbating four times in front of a pasture during a three-hour journey and is now facing charges. Now, I don't know what he's doing, Jimbo, but four times in three hours? He he he, mm, he must have been doing something special. But the criminal complaint detailed what went on during the flight, and a female eyewitness saw Antonio McGarity masturbating in her immediate view. Uh, after he fell asleep for an hour, she alerted the flight staff who moved her to another seat and called police. Uh, the Phoenix Police Department arrested the offender at the airport as soon as the flight landed. And according to the female witness, McGarity began masturbating soon after the plane took off. To get evidence, she snapped photos of him in the act with his pants wow. and shorts down. Yes. While she was doing so, McGarity apparently asked her if she minded that he was masturbating. <laughs> to which the woman replied, it really doesn't matter. I mean, what's she going to say, <laughs> right? <laughs> the man took this response as approval. As he later told police officers that he thought it was kind of kinky and didn't think, he did. didn't think he was doing anything wrong or making the female passenger uncomfortable by masturbating on four occasions. Oh, oh well. Yeah, the uh, other disturbing said. details state that the witness saw McCarthy using both hands to masturbate. She also believes that both he, hands. Yes, yes. Garrity takes two hands to handle a whopper. <laughs> she also believes that he ejaculated because he licked a white substance oh, from his my, fingers. My my. <laughs> Hey, guess what? Um, Mr. McGarry. Yeah, he's been, he's been charged under federal law, but guess what? Southwest Airlines banned him. Can you believe that? No, I can't he, believe McGarry it. Can't, can't, imagine. can't get on any more Southwest Airlines flights because he'd be licking that white juice from his fingers. Oh, God. Four times? I mean, did they say how old this dude was? He must have been like 18. Uh, he uh, had to four be. Four times in three hours. And, hey, hey, mama, do you mind if I do this in front of you? Yeah. yeah uh, dude, does that – ever actually work for anybody? I mean, it must have <laughs> worked, worked for him once. One, one, one I mean, he just thought she would be like, no, nah, I'm going to come over there and help you and, uh, do it four times in three hours. And today, y'all, that was your kinky crime segment. Love it, love it, love Stupid. it. What a great segment. And uh, so, Woody, right, humans go. are not the only ones to break the law sometimes. And we're going to give you an interesting story that came out of Alaska. And Alaska. Shout out Alaska. Shout out Alaska. And we're going to tell you about Barbara Nichols Day. Now, it started out like any other morning in Alaska she, for her. I thought you were going to – Barbara Nichols Day was like a holiday or something. Uh, some <laughs> famous Alaska person I didn't know about. Barbara Nichols Day. Wait, so so – 
<laughs> this is Barbara Nichols' story. Right, uh, right. Her sorry. story. Yeah. And, it, and her, But her day, it started out like any other in right. Alaska, and it was a regular morning. She lets her dog outside. She she never typically shuts her door, right? right. And uh, she Ooh. does that so he can come back in. She right. kind of leaves it cracked. So on this day, she does that. Her dog, Jesse, did return to the house. However, he had a friend with him, Woody. Well, who's that? It was a moose. <laughs> Was he a six foot tall moose? Oh my God. Well, they, I've never seen a short moose. That's <laughs> it. A six foot moose. That's it. So it makes its way into her living room. It walked right in, oh, stood up, my. took about two steps, and uh, started eating the plants. What? Yeah, starts eating all the plants, just helping itself. He must have been hungry, huh? So he must have been. So Nichols, she calls the police and she says, can you come help me get a moose out of my house? Uh, so on his way out, after the police get there, they shoo him out. And on his way out, he takes a good little two-foot bite into another plant yeah. and says, you know, I'm bigger than y'all, and I'm going to I'm going to get something out of this. My last bite. That's it. So, so he, okay. he leaves the house. Breaking and entering, he was not charged with. That shit that happened in South Louisiana, uh, um, we had to shoot him out the door only – so we could shot him in the yard. Yeah, and cooked his ass. That's right. The, the, the moose was good eating, and I hope I didn't offend anybody by that. But <laughs> how, it, it must have been a female moose because their fucking horns are huge. Yeah. Their antlers, they are, are unless you how had you double fit French the doors. Door. Yeah, but a six foot tall moose. Six foot. Tall she's probably Barbara Nichols is probably the only person in Alaska without a rifle. That, yeah, uh, or she just smoked like a pack of cools. That's right. That's crazy. Good one. Good one. Uh, um, all right, y'all. Dumb Criminals segment. All right, listen to this. And I'm going to keep it brief because this woman is that stupid. And I know my wife hates that word, but an Atlanta woman accidentally shoots herself during a struggle with her brother. All right. But then that's not, that's not where I get stupid. Y'all listen to this shit. The, um, a Georgia woman unknowingly shot herself twice <laughs> during an altercation with her brother. Atlanta How police say do you do that? It happened uh, uh, on Peachtree Street. That's a popular going out in in the Buckhead uh, district, y'all. The Atlanta police said the woman's brother attempted to disarm her after she brandished a gun. During the struggle, she accidentally shot herself twice. Wow! Oops! <laughs> the, the firearm discharged. During the struggle, which resulted in a female sustaining two gunshot wounds. Uh, police reported that she was alert and conscious when she was transported to the hospital where conditions unknown, and they're investigating the incident. Now, Shoot yourself twice. I understand. I, I mean, I, I shooting yourself once, shooting yourself twice, yeah, accidentally. Morning, yeah. Uh, yeah. folks. Stupid. Yeah, and, uh, I, and you know, I, I don't know. Uh, what they're going to charge her with or whatever. I'm sure some misdemeanor charges, but she's being charged with being the dumb criminal segment. <laughs> I love that sound. Yeah, funny. All right. That was a good one. Now it is time for our next segment. And they stole yeah. what? Say what? They stole what? what? So, I'm going to tell you about a beehive heist. Oh, God. That's right. So, Honey's expensive. Yeah, honey and hives, apparently. Now, bees can command 
quite a bit of criminal attention. In January of 2017, hundreds of hives were stolen from beekeeper just north of Sacramento, California. And that's an area that's flush with almond trees, which need to be pollinated. And anyone with a bunch of bees can charge, you know, top dollar for that service. I didn't even know that. Eventually, this case led police to suspect someone named Pavel Taranov, who was in possession of 2,500 stolen hives <laughs> throughout the state that he had stole, and they were worth an estimated $875,000. Yes. Right. And the, the, uh, I, he must have had some experience with bees, or he's got to have one to. of those seats, huh? 2,500 hives. But almost a million, almost a million dollars, dollars worth. But, yeah. Hey, where do you hide twenty five hundred hides? That's the question. I bet it? you he was turning around and and uh, running them out to other people. I'm gonna tell you what. That's the question, and you never would think people would steal beehives, but you, you never you, know. No, you stole what? You never know what you're gonna hear on this one. They stole what? what? <laughs> That's crazy. All right, y'all. I'm gonna take you to Bossier City, Louisiana. If you you don't know where it's at. That's what way, way up north, west Louisiana. And we don't really, well, we love our people out there with, you know, that's really country Louisiana. We'll, we'll put it like that. But 90 year old Jacqueline Johnson was a bit put out that no one thought to give her her favorite perfume, Red Door, for Christmas. So a few days after Christmas, y'all, this grandmother of eight and grandmother of Great-grandmother of 13 went to Sam's Club on Airline Drive to buy it herself. After going to the perfume counter, she remembered she also needed coffee. So Johnson went to the coffee aisle across the store. But when she got there, something strange happened. Mm. There was a woman in front of her with a bag of coffee. And she started punching the bag. Johnson said she also said the woman was making strange screaming noises and I'm looking at her and said something must be wrong and I shrugged my shoulders and I started to turn back again and she grabbed my shoulder she was distracting me Johnson said Johnson was distracted long enough that a man who was with the woman got behind her reached into her purse and took her wallet Johnson didn't realize it at the time hmm. She figured out, though, when she went to check out and had no way to pay. She says they took her credit cards, her Social Security card, Medicare card, driver's license, but fortunately not a lot of cash. And she was hysterical. I would like the whole world to know what happened to me, John said. I lost my Social Security card. That's where I'm waiting for the axe to fall. I have not suffered at all other than mental anguish and sleepless nights. It has just affected me like nothing else. Um, She experienced – she said – the experience was violating, and she rests that she didn't have her purses up. Wow. Let me tell you that, that anytime my wife old. and I go into store shopping, and you know, she's very cognizant about leaving her purse like in the buggy. Yeah. Because it, it just takes a second. And right. if you don't believe there are people out there like these assholes, I mean, this is kudos for them for being unique, punching a bag of coffee and screaming to get her attention. But it just takes a split second. And, wow. and so be aware of people not afraid uh, and be aware of, especially if somebody starts punching a coffee bag. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to raise a radar. Hey, if me. something ever comes up like that, you better be, grab a hold of your wallet and your purse and whatever. So That's right. Uh, 
Y'all know that sound. That's today in true crime history. Today in history. For April 17th in Woody in 1932, a mob of farmers in Kansas lynched a man who admitted he killed an eight-year-old girl. It's crazy to know that 1930s, they were still lynching. I wonder if they... uh, Up to the 60s. I wonder if he admitted after they beat his ass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you killed an eighteen-year-old girl, I ain't feeling you know, sorry what, for him. The eight-year-old girl, eight-year-old girl. eight-year-old girl. You're right. Yeah, I, I don't feel sorry for him. Now, 1969. This one you're probably familiar with. Sirhan Sirhan yep. is found guilty of assassinating Senator Robert Kennedy. Yeah, that's sad. Very yeah. sad. And that happened in 1969, and in 1993. Two police officers are convicted of violating Rodney King's civil, oh, civil rights. I remember that one. Yeah. In court. That yeah. happened today yeah. in yeah. 1993. Today in true crime. And that's it for today. That's it, y'all. And we love and appreciate each and every one of you. Y'all, uh, Real Life Real Crime Daily is on the Real Life Real Crime feed. Go download the Real Life Real Crime community app. We have a whole section for Real Life Real Crime Daily now uh, and all the Real Life Real Crime stuff. And Bloody Angola. And Bloody Angola. Yeah. Uh, uh, So everything's there. Go download it, and it's free, people. um, Our merch store's there. Yeah. Uh, We got forums, games, whatever, whatever. And in the news, cold cases. Oh, look, y'all, we – Set and I don't have it in front of me. We set up a new um, hotline for Barbara Blunt, miss, who's been missing. Yeah, and we're going to bring you another episode on that and some updates on that and her murderversary. I hate that that word, but her murderversary is coming up next month. So, and thank you for liking and listening, subscribing. Yes. Holy smokes, all you lifers, new lifers especially. I mean, today we're number four in the world in true crime, number seven in the world overall. And just blessed. Yeah. Very blessed. Very blessed. And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. With Real Life, Real Crime Daily. Peace. Peace. And from Mike Agavino, Shabizzas. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.